Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC. Hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty, who just want to make renting enjoyable. Hello, and welcome to the Alternative Property Management Show. I am your host, David Faulkner. I'm open because England have made the World Cup final. Very, very exciting. Some people will be listening to this uh, after the World Cup final, and we'd probably lose to Spain, who we still don't like in Palmerston North after what they said about it, but there you go. I'm joined again by my two uh, loyal hosts, Will Alexander, Bailey's Property Management up there in Auckland, and Harrison Vaughan from Tommy's Property Management, who's just been on a bit of a roadie up to Taupo for a small conference. How's it going, yes. guys? And Harrison, how was your conference, mate? Oh, it was bloody good. It was a good little round table, um, meet up for two days. We chew the fat with a couple of other companies um, and just talk about a lot of things, structures of business, what we pay people, how many properties property managers manage. Uh, and then we, you know, we all tell some horror stories about, you know, terrible things that have gone wrong and bits and pieces. So now it's been great. The team's really enjoyed it. But I've got to admit, I'm rather knackered. I've been, I've literally just walked through the door after driving back from Taupo, so... I haven't got a self-driving car yet, so it was a bit of work. But, and we were meant to do this show a couple of days ago, but apparently you were too inebriated to do the show, which was a bit of a disappointment. Was that yeah, I, I, I would have given a bit more value. I woke up and I, I, I couldn't do the podcast. I was still, I was still pissed. I so was. Uh, I took note. What was that, Dave? What time did you finish? First night, got to bed about two. And we'd planned to do the podcast at 7am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's doable. It's doable. <laughs> it's doable. It's doable. That it's would have been a funny podcast. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Will, how's your week been, mate? Awesome. Really good. Uh, just, just saying we've got the 50-year anniversary uh, for Bailey's, believe it or not, tomorrow. And um, as you do, all the people are sort of starting to arrive around head office, um, which is really cool, good energy, um, and looking forward to that. So I've got conference and then uh, big, big awards night. But um, we actually had a big strategic day for property management this afternoon, considering everyone was coming up and got all the right people in the room. And Jen Beard came and spoke to us and gave us some really cool updates and state of the nation about what's going on behind the scenes. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about life, to be fair. Okay, so the, you've got the um, – so let's figure this out. So you've got a big 50th birthday party for Bailey's tomorrow night, and then I've got no doubt some of them will be at the – because it's the, the Real Estate Institute Awards, isn't it, on, on Monday night? Yes. So it's a big few nights for some of these Bailey's uh, you know, crew, isn't it? Well, the season campaigners, um, so nothing nothing they haven't done before. But, yeah, I'm looking at um, – uh, are you guys going to be at the Ryan's Awards? I'm going to be there. Yep. I'll be in Monday from 9am if anyone wants to uh, catch up. Yeah, You're more than welcome, more than welcome yeah, to park up here at Bailey's, mate. Oh, yeah, I'll come and yeah. see you, Will. Oh. Yeah, we've got, a, um, we've got a three three investment roadshows, um, which we're doing with Chris Patterson with Chris Patterson Mortgages next week in um, Wanganui. Uh, Levin and also in Hawke's Bay so uh, I'm going to be too busy occupied we've got quite a few going up we've obviously done a few award entries as well so but I won't be going up for it 
Um, but no doubt we can listen to who's won what next week and we'll chew the fat. And uh, yeah, so anyway, what we're going to be talking about today is red rolls. And, um, you know, I've got a bit of a theory at the moment. Um, and, and it's interesting to get your, your guide opinions as well, particularly you, Will. You, you just before we came on earth, you, you're telling me about a multiplier, uh, the potential multiplier that, you, that you're paying for one. Um, I've got a feeling we're going to see quite a few sell in the next few years. And um, I also want to get your opinion on, you know, what's the risks, what's the benefits? Are they overvalued or are they, are we, are we valuing them right? And uh, so, Will, anyway, you know, you've, you've, you're back at the coalface. You've probably haven't been involved in doing the rent rolls for a, for a wee while. Uh, and you've no doubt you've probably, that's one of your roles, as it is for me, at Property Brokers. How are you finding it? Have you, have you had a look at any recently? Yeah, yep. Uh, I walked into an acquisition that was just done. Uh, we bought Unlimited Potential, which is a, is a fantastic brand. Interesting. We're not rebranding. We're keeping it as UP. It's a very boutique sort of um, niche brand in Auckland specifically. And um, it's been quite a different sort of, I kind of like it. It's a, it's, um, a different approach um, to what you're used to, especially at Property Brokers, David, as you know, you know, you buy something and before you know it, the, the, the brand has changed and, and Property Brokers is up. But yeah, so we are buying. Um, I need to build out the infrastructure and the support system before I can confidently onboard two bigger businesses. So at the moment, we're not really chasing stuff, but where it makes sense for sure. And we're, we're actually looking at a, at a business, won't say where, because like you said before, David, potentially you and I are bidding against each other without knowing it. But um, the multiplier is at about 0.8. And what I mean goes against the grain at the moment. You know, we're paying 2.5 upwards for a good business. This is a good business. The circumstances is is what is different. And and this potential vendor is looking to retire, which is great. Um, is looking to sell to a business that they've had strong ties with over the years, although not part of the business, just a really good referral system. Lots of synergies there and is not overly aware of potentially what the multipliers are out there at the moment. And and so it's a great opportunity. This multiplier, like, I mean, what, we, what we're doing, and I've had debates at property brokers, and I'm sure you would have as well, uh, basically looking at a multiplier of the dollar contract value where do you think this model has come from and how has it been adopted in New Zealand? I have no idea, but it is very unusual. And as you know, anyone with a business, a lot of people struggle to get their heads around it, don't they? And yeah. I guess the, for the big businesses, the upside in that is often when you buy these businesses, you drop out a lot of the overheads and costs by simply just absorbing it into your existing infrastructure, your existing accounts team, all that sort of stuff. So there's 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 that, but the multiplier based on revenue is unusual. A lot of what comes out the bottom end is 
out of people's control, I guess, to a point, uh, or actually not within the business. I don't know. It's unusual, and it makes it very hard for us in our roles to sell it to the people writing the checks, which I understand. Yeah, yeah. and I and I understand. And what I've learned since I've been back at PB is that, and as as our managing director says, he'll he'll pay a fair price for a for a good business, but he's not going to be paying moon money, as they call it. Uh, and and we have this discussion a lot around you know because typically what you're doing you're valuing a business based on on the profitability of it. So I mean and, and people I've spoken to and I'm no broker, um, but you're looking at like a multiplier of of the actual net profit, whether it's say ten percent. Now I've seen a lot of property management businesses, well, which they barely make a cent. You know, they're, they're, they're literally they're running at two, three, four percent net profit. I've seen some which have made big purchases. And I can recall one of the consultancy days where we literally, we, I mean, and, and they paid big money, big money for a sizable rent roll of which after 12 months, 50% gone. Now, what they had done, they had failed to do proper due diligence. Basically, they, they took what the broker had told them and they, and they considered that, okay, well, the broker's telling us this, that's that's and they and they fail to do their own DD. Then they go into all these houses and there's been no maintenance spent on them and and half of them are non-compliant and they're trying to get the landlords to do the work and the landlords are just saying who the hell are you and firing them left right and center. Now mm-hmm. this guy would have paid really really big money um, for 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 this business. There's there's I mean and if we're talking multipliers on turnovers, there's a hell of a lot of risk involved in in doing this if you don't know what you're doing i mean what are the mistakes that you've seen in 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 your days around this Alison? you won't be involved in this as much because you've done it organically which is probably the best way to do this Um, way to do don't buy a rent roll you're buying problems you're putting us to shame you're doing it you're doing it the right way here we're grafting hard you know we're rolling up our sleeves up down in wellington and we're getting getting business the proper way I think I think to your point, David. You know um, that you can de-risk or mitigate risks significantly by doing good DD and taking your time. There is the, you can rule out a lot of the unknowns. You, you, I mean, to your point before about inheriting properties that are terrible. You know, you, you can if you're oh. spending a sizable amount of money, you can do an audit, go through and, and and grab a dozen properties from the from the portfolio and go and see them. I've done that before. So it is a mess. It is a massive risk. I I think acquisition is a strategic play, is is a better approach. If you're doing it for boosting revenue and all that kind of stuff, I don't necessarily agree with that. But the one that we're looking at, for example, now, we don't have a presence there now, and and there is it's a saturated market. It's going to be very hard to break into that market. So I'm saying to you know we just need that critical mass in itself to get more rent boards out, to, to get listings online in that area. And that's just a little bit of a springboard to get going. So I think as strategic plays, they do make sense. But I think the relationship component is massive. And, and what Property Brokers is so good at, and Bailey's from what I'm seeing so far, is I remember PB paid, paid money for businesses the whole business the whole real estate business 
which was considerably lower than what the value of the portfolio alone was worth. Yeah. And and that was all based on the fact that they tracked down Tim Morton or had built up or guy of the relationships over the years, and that's what meant more to them than anything else. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, let's have a look at churn. And if you're going to buy a particular business, you know, that's just, you know, what do you expect the churn? Because when you buy these things, there's always going to be, it's one or two landlords are going to go, right, this is a trigger for me to either sell up or they may have had a, a bad experience with a whatever in the past. What do you feel is an acceptable amount of churn when you make an acquisition? Well, naturally, churn within a portfolio, a good one would be sort of, I mean, zero is ideal, but I think anything less than three and a half typically is at a sustainable level where your net growth will, uh, you'll still be growing. So working, I don't, the, the portfolios that I bought, we haven't really lost much. But there, as you guys know me well, there's a lot of planning involved and there's a lot of work. And um, I'm, I'm very risk adverse, and especially when I'm spending someone else's money. I would say that, like, if you bought a portfolio of 500 properties using easy numbers, if, I, if there's a churn just through the acquisition alone of, say, 10%, I would be very upset about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I kind of use as as our benchmark. I mean, you, you, and you have your retention clause and your retention fund over that, say, typically it's around about three months. You may go for hold back about a 30%. Uh, if you if you lose about 10%, you know, if it's more than that, you've done, something's not quite gone right. Yeah. I mean, go, go on, go on, Addison. I, I was going to say, because this is actually really interesting for me to listen to. So, like, is that why, like, in this instance, this new one that you've bought will you've kept the brand because like from the vendor's perspective and the landlords, it's not changing. They're going to get the same service dealing with the same people. So why would they leave? Well, you've just nailed it on the head. Continuity is king with this stuff. You, you, you don't change the management fees. You know, you really work hard to bring the team on board. Mm -hmm. So you're not changing the relationship with the property manager. It's absolutely critical, but yeah, in, in this particular example, the brand is so strong, unlimited potential. I don't know if you guys know it, but mm. it's an exceptional brand. I've, I've bought and sold through them. I've particularly chosen these guys to sell my properties through in the past because I, I think it's an amazing brand. But, um, yeah, so it wasn't a driving factor because the portfolio as part of this acquisition was is nothing compared to the sales side of the business. But the point is continuity. And if you can keep as much of it as the same, I mean, you're buying it for a reason, right? It's a good business. So you don't need to go on there gung-ho and change anything. Otherwise, what did, what did you buy it for? Yeah, the other thing, the other benefit on the acquisition as well is, is I mean, and it, it shouldn't be about this, um, but it's a benefit. It's 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 a parking lot for the sales as well. You should be acquiring. Mm. When landlords do decide that they're going to sell, you, your real estate scene <clears throat> should be able to to tap into that market. And I also look at it as well is that you've also got a database of potential buyers. Um, you know, the real estate teams will sometimes look at oh look at these landlords oh these are these are potential sellers, the potential vendors. 
you know, we should look at it the other way around and we should be going, right, how are we going to build your portfolios even greater? So there's it like that. Question, when, when, you, when you buy a business, David, do you yeah. factor in, to say Tim used to say to me, I want it paid back within three years. And I was, yep. well, that's bloody difficult, Tim. But when you factor in the commission from the sales, from the churn, it's doable. Do you uh, factor that in? I don't. I don't. And I can see that I can see logic in doing that. I mean, typically, you know, I mean, our churn rates uh, nationwide is about 15% over the last 12 months, a little bit less, which is I'm, I'm pretty happy about. Um, and of which, you know, 50% of that will typically would have sold. And of that, you should be selling over half of those properties should be selling with us. And that's revenue that I may not have taken into account. But when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it from purely a property management point of view. We're not going to get, we may get a bit of a referral fee um, from the from the, from the the sale. Uh, but no, I mean, and I'm looking at it personally. I think you've got to be looking five years. That's that's your return on investment, uh, and, um, and you know I think that's more realistic. I agree, you know, I uh, agree. But I also think that that is it is potentially something that should be factored in. Is you could argue that those sales wouldn't have come to property brokers or Bailey's or Tommy's or whatever had it not been for that acquisition. So you know it's indirect revenue. It's uh, whether you factor that into the payback period. I still think it should be something that's um, discussed and above board and, and just sort of part of people's thinking. Yeah, yeah. And it also, I mean, it, it gives confidence for your sales team as well because they, they know they've got that pool as well. We've got that constant cash flow which comes through, which, which should really pay the bills for the operational costs of the real estate business. And then what you're selling on top of that becomes becomes a cream. Addison, for you, I mean, I remember when you started, I remember sitting down with with David Platt and we were talking about it yeah. and, and I said, look, to, to start from scratch, it's bloody difficult, but I reckon Tommy's can do it because you've got such a high market share in, yeah. in, in the sales team. I mean, and, and you know, where, where did your leads, where did the majority of your leads come from when you first started? When we first started, most of it was the sales team. It took, I'd say it took a good 18 months for Wellington to actually realise Tommy's did property management. Even though we were advertising, even though we had radio ads, Tommy's had done only real estate for so long um, that, yeah, it did take a while. So our sales team were our advocates, you know, to kick us off every time they got to a property that wouldn't sell or the owner had unrealistic expectations. That's when the property management team was sort of referred to. Um, and, and definitely, like, we work with a lot of the new builds, people coming in through that way. So I, I would say, you know, a good... A good thirty-five percent of our business, you know, is, is generated by the sales team. Would I mean you were saying before, don't buy, just grow organically. Would you ever look? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you would. We we, uh, we have looked. We have looked. You know, we get we get the odd notification of a of a rent roll for sale here and there, but and we've put an offer in once. Um, and that was just for a relatively large business here in Wellington. But other than that, I don't think. There, there are no businesses I would be interested in acquiring. Right. I would only acquire something if I think it's as good or better than my business. Right. You see, I mean, I take a different viewpoint on this. I would, I like to look at businesses which I know we can add value to. 
um, because as, as, as Will highlighted before, what these landlords don't want is, is change and they like the continuity. So if we're mm. going to go in and change the brand, I know that I've got to say, well, listen, guys, we're not going to change your fees. We're, your management contracts are going to be you know, the same. Your terms are going to be the same. But you're going to get this, 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 which you may not have got from your previous provider. I think there's, there is risk in buying businesses which which are better. Um, the, My the one job. concern about buying a rent roll is that it does sort of go down that whole qu quantity over quality. You know, and my one yeah. concern with buying a large rent roll would be what percentage of the properties are actually going to cause you nightmares and headaches and what percentage of landlords are are going to be assholes. It's a great point. And, you know, it comes back to your business. And are you chasing numbers or are you chasing reputation and service? Mm. And you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Harrison. I mean, uh, you know, often when you're chasing we all see it. The bigger you get, unfortunately, as best as you try, the, the service typically drops off, and that yeah. might rub people up the wrong way. Some of the listeners, I mean, I've, I've run big businesses. I'll put my hand on my heart. You know, was it as good as a boutique business? No. And so, again, you've got to be okay with that, and that's got to be part of your strategy. Are you okay to be sort of – doing the bare minimum or your team to be doing the bare minimum, doing a good job, you know, making sure that crossing T's, dotting I's. But in terms of that amazing service, that measurably better service, um, can, can you deliver that in your car? I mean, but, one of the things you've, also, you've got to take into consideration, Will, is, is, and this is really important, is the property managers who are potentially coming yeah. with the business that are ideally you want to bring them across because, you know, the, 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 that gives you, again, that continuity. But there is always an element of risk. Uh, someone goes, right, well, this is the trigger for me to leave. And I've seen this happen with property brokers when we've gone in. And they go and say, right, I'm starting Joe Smith Property Management. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't because restraints of trade may not come into effect because they're an employee they're able to uh, make a living there's nothing stopping them from going and starting a business uh, and you may find that a substantial investment may just disappear out the door and go go to the competition so there's always that element of risk so it's really really important if you can to try and get to get the the, the property managers across uh, they've got to fit the standards they've got to fit what your expectations are but it certainly works a hell of a lot easier if you can bring them over. That That's from, from my experience. Will, what do you think? I couldn't agree more. And there's mm. been some big examples of when you get it wrong, what can it do? And there was a, it was a big acquisition a few years ago in the Hawke's Bay, and I don't want to name names because I know them all and they're all friends, but uh, through no fault of anyone, really, the, the business was acquired and a, a group of property managers within the business that was bought didn't I guess want to be bought or whatever and they went out and set up their own business and just as you said David I mean I, I don't know the exact number but it was hundreds the value of what walked out the door to follow these people because they had really strong relationships with them was massive and it went to court and it was messy and all that sort of stuff so you know it's getting them across it's 
it's people, right? You know, it's it's uh, you've got to take them on that journey and put yourself in their shoes. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would be, I would struggle with that personally being acquired because I had chosen to work for that business for a reason. And do you know, I heard something interesting today that your boss or your manager has an equal amount of impact on your mental health as your partner. Wow. <laughs> well, they've not met my partner. <laughs> I'm not making a comment, but I no, thought that no. was incredible. And uh, that was from Jen Baird, and she knows, she knows what she's talking about. And mm. it, 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 I guess my point is, that's how important it is. You know, that's how much work and, and, and who you work with is is just a massive part of our lives that we probably yeah. don't put 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 enough emphasis on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of like when when you're when you're acquiring these things, um, when do you think it's best to try and make that first contact with the landlords? Is it on round settlement day, or do you want to get hold of them beforehand to get them prepared? Because obviously your final number when they come across, you know, you'd rather know that the ones who aren't going to come across before settlement date, so you're not actually paying for them. I mean, what do you think, Will? I think it needs to be done in collaboration with the vendor that's selling and yeah. joint joint communication. Timing-wise, obviously around the date that it settles because that's when there's going to be change, but... I mean, you, you wouldn't want to jump the gun, I suppose, and communicate before settlement date because, as we all know, things can fall over in the 11th hour. But I would say as close to that as possible. But the, the key learnings for me over the years has been to do that together and to have a joint message. And and I think that's that's the most important part. And for, you know, infant, for the property managers to be armed with scripts and dialogues to talk to and for the letters to be loaded into palace all that kind of stuff you know to communicate to the suppliers and to the tenants and to the owners all so it's just i think if you get all of that right um it's yeah i mean the sooner the better probably here's a what question you team. Oh. yeah Anderson, oh. can i ask you a question yeah do you think that these are valued correctly in terms of you know, valuing them on turnover versus valuing them on profit. How do you think they should be? Oh, it's a hard one because I guess it completely depends whether you're going to do the model of retaining the business and the brand or are you simply buying the portfolio as an asset and slotting it into your, you know, already pre-existing business model. So, I mean, I guess it depends which way you're doing it. I mean, you guys mainly just buy the portfolio, don't you, and slot it into your own business. We're still on costs. So you're not, if, you're, if I'm buying 200 properties, it's very unlikely I'm going to be able to distribute them to the entire team. I'm going to have to have at least one property manager. There's going to be a car. Uh, you've got your mm -hmm. computer. Like that. So it, it's not just I'm buying an asset and nothing else. Um, you know, and, and this is probably the PB argument is like the value wrong. At the moment, I think they're overvalued, especially because like there's very little regulation and stuff around the quality of properties and, you know, things around like management agreements, like how there's no regulation around what's in a management agreement. We don't, 
have any authority dictating how those are written and whether people are locked in long term and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think at the moment they're they're overvalued. But once we become more regulated, I think it may become a more valuable asset. To, to, to put things in a little bit of perspective, in software and startups, and obviously the world that I've been in for the last couple of years, like they buy off revenue. And when TradeMe was purchased, there was a multiplier of 26. And, um, you know, it's not uncommon for a multiplier of about 10. Is that purely on the turnover? 26 yep. for TradeMe on revenue. So, yep. so if I'm turning over 100 million, I times that by 26. That's like, what, 2.6 billion? Have I got my maths right there? It's, that's right. I mean, TradeMe was purchased, I forget what it was, a few years ago, but it was in the billions. And, yeah, I mean, that's come – it was incredibly inflated, ridiculous. Like 26, they'll never get that again. Well, I don't believe they will. But but it just kind of puts – because we, we, you know, we – rightly so struggle with how how you buy these businesses but it's not you know there are other industries where the the same sort of approaches is, is taken mm. yeah it's common in australia i mean i've heard like bob Walters days and, and and things such as that and even when i went over to see that joel davis op- operating and, and he actually had the value of his business on his dashboard and uh, i'll do a little bit of a shout out for him because they've got staff link uh, they're coming over to Auckland in the next couple of weeks, and, and that will be well worth going to have a look at. Will, I'm sure you'll uh, want to get along to that. Well, what uh, was that? Sorry, Starflink. Paul Davis's Starflink, and he's got a bit of a workshop in Auckland next week, I think it is. So you know, get along. Can you to see that. me? Can you see me the details? Do I'll, you use Starflink at PBs, Dave? I've been looking into them. They're huge. Listen, I think it's worth you know. I, I do think they're worth looking at. I really do. Um, Outsourcing's the way. I mean, we've, we're already well, doing it for a lot of our admin processes, yeah. and it reduces your overheads. Yeah, we're kind of working on something internally in, in, in that space. But, geez, I tell you what, very, very impressive. Very impressive and well worth looking at. You'll be super impressed with what you see if you go along to that. Um, but, yeah, anyway, um, we've got to wind up the show because um we've got a proxy brokers orientation dinner on which i've got to get along to oh whereabouts uh, is that dave oh that's at the local we've got our own uh, you, you know the local and um yeah we've got our own little restaurant cafe built onto our head office and oh yeah yeah we do we fly up all the staff from all around the country you're the new the newbies and uh we go and have dinner and we have a bit of a yarn and uh we all have to get up and do a couple of speeches and uh, yeah and they have a good night so, um, yeah, but anyway, just as a reminder, PMC, we've uh, we have secured Holly Bennett as a keynote speaker. Now, Will is looking, going, who the hell is Holly Bennett? <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you guys that you need to Google this. Mary Lady runs her own political consultancy business. She's only about in her early thirties. Uh, writes for the National Business Review. A real inspiration. Uh, one of the top business, young business women in New Zealand today. And she's got a, I'm going to be talking with her in the next week or so. Just, we'll even try and get her on the podcast as well. She's got her own podcast, um, Simply Politics. Well worth listening to. 
uh, where she gets a number of politicians on and just chews the fat with them, like what we do here. And uh, what we decided, we decided to ask her to come along because because she's worked in government and she's lobbying all the time. And here we are trying to get the, the property management industry regulated. She could give a, she's got to give us a talk on her life story and how she's gone into business, but also the way that us as an industry should lobby together to, to look for change. And uh, I think she's got to add tremendous value to the PMC. She's got to round off the conference on the last day. So please get along. The full agenda is up on the website. Our awards will be coming out on the 1st of September. You'll have September to get your awards in. And then we'll be judging them in October. And then we've got the awards on the on the gala dinner on the Thursday night. We're looking really looking forward to it. And Alexander's going to be uh, facilitating uh, the startup panel, which is going to be very, very exciting. He's looking at me like he didn't know that, but he's... Uh, <laughs> Well, you did say something about it a while ago, but that feels Well, you don't respond it. You just don't listen. You don't respond to me sexes. That's what goes on. Um, anyway, guys. I don't think anyone oh, does, Dave. No, they don't. No one listens to me. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys, for joining us. It's been um, great to, to talk to you both. Uh, the highlight for me of the week was the, the – I don't know if you saw the clip about um, – they're asking all those – it was on the AM show. They're asking those four girls – like who who are they supporting in the in the women's football world cup and they're all going England 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 and then they came to the final one and she went up the wires so a good Warriors fan in the mix there and uh, if you haven't seen that you've got to get on that so uh, up the wires I'm going to be shouting for them against the Manly Sea Eagles this week go the Lionesses in the World Cup final against the Spanish how do they slag off Palmerston North and we'll see you again for another edition of the Alternative Property Management Show. Natiwa, thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you for taking hey, everyone. To the Alternative Property Management Podcast, powered by Renty and the PMC.